0: nobody walks alone, nobody goes off trail. Nobody walks alone, nobody goes off trail. In the recent Tolkien-inspired TV show Rings of Power, a tight-knit community of humble little creatures named Harfoots chanted those words before setting off on their journey. And it was cute and quaint. Um, But it it really was impactful, because whether Rings of Power strayed off the trail of the spirit of Tolkien, I'll leave that to your judgment. But these hardfoots understood some wisdom that Christians, we too often forget, that we can go astray. And if we're going to make it, we have to make it together. So I wonder how often you think about this question, what can lead you astray in the Christian walk? What can lead you astray in your faith? And thankfully, the New Testament letter of Second Peter addresses that very question. Peter dwelt on that question and turn with me there in 2 Peter as I set up some context. The Apostle Peter, he was about to be martyred in Rome and his mind was laser focused on two things. The Christians in modern day Turkey that he was writing to, that he would ministered to, and then second, the biggest threat to their continued growth in Christ after his death. And that biggest threat, I wonder if you can guess it, it was false teaching. False teaching was the biggest threat to their continued growth after Peter's death. Whereas First Peter, you may be familiar with it, whereas it addresses suffering and persecution coming from outside the church. Second Peter is a concerned with false teaching that slithered its way inside the church, warning Christians to flee from it. Second Peter, just as a as a letter, just to set it up, it begins and ends with this positive exhortation to continue growing in Christ after Peter's gone, continue growing in your knowledge of Jesus Christ, in godliness, in love. But sandwiched between those two positive exhortations, the bulk of the letter is dealing with combating false teaching that's going to hinder and kill that growth and lead Christians astray. False teachers had arisen among Peter's audience. And they denied the second coming of Christ, and that gave them license to lead Christians in lives of greed, blasphemy, adultery, any number of sins that drew them away from Christ. So the main idea of Second Peter as a letter is, don't be led astray, instead grow in Christ. Don't be led astray, instead grow in Christ. Now just to be clear up front, I don't think that Peter was denying Jesus' teaching in John 10 that nothing can pluck a true Christian out of Jesus' hands. I don't think you can finally be led away from Christ if you're saved. But the emphasis of Peter's warning here in this letter is to make that eternal reality visibly realized in this life. If you belong to Christ, and you will for eternity, show us that you do with your life. Continue growing in him. Don't wander away from him if you belong to him. Don't be led astray. Instead, grow in Christ. So that's 2 Peter, but let's focus on just this evening's one verse to be warned more specifically about these false teachers that Peter's concerned with. 2 Peter 2.15, follow along with me. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. Let's read it again. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. The main idea of this one verse is fairly simple. Greed leads false teachers astray. Greed leads false teachers astray. And Peter's going to make this idea clear to play into that larger message that he has. Don't be led astray yourselves but grow in Christ. Don't be led astray like these false teachers, and don't be led astray like them or by them. So first, let's just break down this verse, and then I want to spend a good chunk of time meditating on what this might specifically mean for us today. Some 2,000 years after Peter has died, I want us to live out his charge and his warning more specifically. But let's first break down this verse. Forsaking the right way, they've gone astray. We can't get past these first few words without concluding that there is a right way to live. And that's a controversial statement in our day. There is a right way to live, a right way to lead others to live, and that you can stray from it. If you're visiting with us this evening and would not call yourself a Christian, I'm extremely glad you're here. Because I want you to know that this right way of Jesus, this right way of Jesus, the greatest gift the greatest Christmas gift that God could have given us. The hope of Christmas is that sinners like you and me who walk our own path astray from God, day in and day out, can be saved by Christ, the one who came to make a way back to God through his blood on the cross and through his resurrection. We can do that if we repent of sin, repent of leading our own path, walking our own way astray from Christ and trusting in him finally. That's the hope of Christmas But the urgency of Christmas is not just, that's a nice message, Sam, thank you. But the urgency is that Christ is coming back again. He's coming back a second time, and it's going to be different. He will judge everyone who leads their own path, walks their own way, instead of the way of Christ. It's the only way to abundant life. If you want to know more about that, there's about 100 people in here who would love to talk with you about it. I would love to talk with you about it. If we keep reading, they have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. So, these false teachers, to be clear, they they claim to follow Jesus. But in this ironic twist, Peter actually claims they're following another prophet and teacher that we're familiar with from our study in Numbers. These false teachers have followed, quote, the way of Balaam, the son of Beor. We've learned from Numbers chapters 22 through 24 and then now this morning, chapter 31, that Balaam is not the kind of ministry leader whose book you want to grab in a book it way. He's not, if he's headlining a church conference, a Christian conference, do not buy a ticket. Steer clear. Allegedly a prophet of the Lord, like claiming to have access to God, he's going to use that to profit. Balaam was hired and convinced to go curse God's people at Peor and then rebuked by his own donkey, and then forced to bless God's people. This guy's just 0-2. He didn't go through with the act, but his pit stop of peor didn't end before he convinced a bunch of Moabite women to lead Israelite men away into adultery and ultimately idolatry. So we have what we have in 2 Peter 2:15 is this night and day, right way, wrong way, honestly fork in the road. Either you can follow Balaam, the one who served himself at God's people's expense, or you can follow Jesus, who served God's people at his own expense, at the expense of his own life. It's either or. It's a fork in the road. Balaam was willing to say whatever his benefactor wanted him to say, as long as the speaking fee was paid. Oh, thank you for the fees of divination. How can I help you today? Oh, you want me to curse God's people? Well, You got it, coming right up. Gain from wrongdoing is Peter's phrase. I like how the CSB sharply puts it, the wages of wickedness. Greed leads false teachers astray. But Jesus, our Lord, on the other hand, was willing to do whatever the Father willed, whatever glorified the Father, whatever served his people. My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Not gain from wrongdoing, but as Peter puts it in his first letter, suffering before glory. And this is the right way of Jesus Christ. This is the way to follow Jesus. If anyone would follow Jesus, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Following Jesus is free of charge, because Christ has paid it all, but it will cost you everything. In this life, if we're to love like Jesus does, we're never to ask that acidic question, well, what's in it for me? But instead, bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and yes, actually endure all things. Greed leads false teachers astray from this way of Jesus. Just to pause, you may sometimes wonder why the Bible's writers are so intense about false teaching. I'm coming off pretty intense tonight. But that's a little bit like asking, why are bank vaults so heavily guarded? you just lighten up a little bit? But if banks guard some measly piles of cash that will burn up in the end, the apostles are going to go to the nth degree. They're going to fiercely guard the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the most precious thing they can guard. To turn the question back on ourselves, are we concerned enough about false teaching? Are we concerned enough about the factors that lead false teachers astray? Sometimes we need to hear God's promises or his commands or his encouragements, but maybe more often than we think, we need to hear his warnings as well. We're all being discipled every day. The question is which direction, in the way of Balaam or in the way of Christ? If you're a newer Christian in the room, I'm glad you're here. But have you been fed the lie that Christianity is a solo sport? If you've recently heard the gospel and, and been saved, I mean, praise God, I'm really happy. But maybe you grew up like me before coming to Christ and, and understood true spirituality as a private matter. True spirituality is private. But the problem is that Christianity lived by yourself will eventually become Christianity lived for yourself, which is to say it's not a Christianity at all. It looks and sounds a lot more like the way of Balaam than the way of Christ. The shepherd who gave himself, not only for you and me individually, but for the whole flock of God. So if you haven't already, join a gospel preaching church. doesn't have to be UBC, but link arms with fellow believers. Don't be led astray from the flock, but grow in Christ alongside his followers. Now maybe you're, you've been a Christian for a while, but you've been going through some serious discontent. You may not use those terms, but you feel stagnant, and really not satisfied right now, have you been fed the lie that if you could just have fill in the blank, then you would be happy? Maybe you wouldn't say it out loud at church to your friends, but you begin to think in your heart that God's not really good if he's withholding a new job, if he's withholding a spouse from me, if he's withholding grandkids. There's hundreds, thousands, millions of other things we could fill in that blank with. But just ask yourself, if Balaam was willing to curse God's people for some money, for what he wanted, what would you be convinced to do to get what you wanted? Like we heard about Reuben and Gad this morning, do you need God plus something else in this life in order to be happy? If so, be warned that something else is vying to replace God and to be your God. Don't be led astray. Instead, grow in Christ who's given us everything we need for life and godliness. That's what Peter reminds us early in the letter. Now, on the other hand, if you're a Christian who's just spiritually growing like a weed, again, praise God, have you been fed the lie that your spiritual growth is only meant for your benefit? Your heart is on fire for the Lord. You're running in a dead sprint. You're on the way of Christ, but you look around and everyone else is limping. You're like, come on, guys. Oh, my growth would just discourage them. I don't want to brag. Someone else will come along and help them. I have a good thing going here. I don't want them to slow me down. We're back to that old problem. A Christianity that is for yourself alone is Balaam's religion, which is to say not Christianity at all. Show us that you're growing. Praise God, show us that you're growing by concerning yourself with the growth of others. Because either we'll get to heaven together or we won't get there at all. If you're growing, praise God, but don't be led astray. Instead, grow in Christ by helping others grow. And lastly, this is a text on false teachers, and I just want to address elders and other leaders in the room and just thank you that We don't necessarily have the same concerns within this church of false teachers coming in, um, like Peter's immediate audience. But I wonder if you've been fed the lie that false teaching and lies about God are just a problem for other churches. Like We have this all figured out. People don't believe any lies about God here, maybe other places. Have you prayed like Peter for the people that we wouldn't be carried away down the path of Balaam but would continue continue. Press on in the straight way of Christ. So don't be led astray yourselves. Continue growing in Christ. Continue doing that. And continue shepherding us well. Continue shepherding us not for shameful gain, but eagerly being examples for us as you've so faithfully done. Brothers and sisters, nobody walks alone and nobody goes off trail. We need each other to not believe lies, to not set our hearts on false hopes, but instead follow the way of Christ to the end. Greed leads false teachers astray, and so don't be led astray yourselves. Instead, grow in Christ. We can do that together. We can walk together in the way of Christ, and we can grow together. Will we do that? Please pray with me.